Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe. This week my guest analyst is my colleague here, Simba Chiminya. And on this week's show, we talk about whether foreign coaches are better than local coaches for national teams in Africa. This year's Africa Cup of Nations final was contested between two local coaches, and Egypt and Kenya have both said they want to go in the direction of local coaches. On the other hand, Liberia have appointed an English coach. So can local coaches take Africa to the highest level? Will they always struggle to get the respect of high-profile players? And are things changing? We hear from Senegal coach Aliou Cisse. For me, it is obvious. It's about expertise, not colour. Football is a discipline where you find different people, different colours, different ethnic backgrounds and religions. That's coming shortly. First, a word about the Olympic qualifiers for the women's football tournament in Tokyo next year. Second round ties are on this week. There are four qualifying rounds altogether, as Africa just has one slot now reduced from two for the Olympics next year. Well, in games in the first leg, Zambia beat Zimbabwe 5-0 in Lusaka on Wednesday. They're looking good. Malawi beat Kenya 3-2. That sets it up for an exciting second leg over the weekend. Ghana beat Gabon 3-0. And in the CAF Champions League last weekend, a couple of notable shocks in the preliminary round as Orlando Pirates of South Africa, the 1995 champions, were knocked out by Green Eagles of Zambia. And Simba of Tanzania, who reached the quarterfinals in the last edition, were surprisingly beaten by UD Songo of Mozambique. We'll be following the action throughout the tournament here on Planet Sport Football Africa. So then our main issue this week is local coaches versus foreign coaches. It's always a big talking point in African football, and we haven't discussed this one for quite a while. We lasted after the 2017 Nations Cup, where Cameroon won the trophy with Belgian coach Hugo Bruce. Now, in 2017, only four of the 16 teams had local coaches. The other 12 had foreign coaches. This year in Egypt, 10 of the 24 teams had local coaches. That's a far higher proportion, and the final was contested by two local coaches, Algeria's Jamel Belmadi beating Senegal's Aliou Cisse. Overall, in the 31 editions of the Nations Cup, foreign coaches have won it 17 times, local coaches 14 times. But are things changing? Last week, Kenya reappointed Francis Kimanzi, his third spell with the Harambi Stars, and the Football Kenya Federation said the appointment is geared towards greater use of local coaches at national level. The president of Egypt, Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, has ordered that the pharaohs must have a local coach after a lack of success with foreign coaches, with Hassan Shahata having won three straight Nations Cup titles up to 2008. Here in Zimbabwe, we've appointed a local coach last week, that's Joey Antipas, to take charge of the national team up to the end of the year, though it's possible that a foreign coach might then be appointed if finances allow. And this week, Tunisia surprisingly went for a local coach in Monda Kabay, replacing Frenchman Alain Jures. So my guest analyst this week is Simba Chiminya. He's my colleague here in Zimbabwe at Star FM Radio. Simba, are things changing at all? 
Not at all, Steve. Uh, you look uh, at African countries, it seems that uh, the template that they're using is not only about sport, but uh, looking at uh, all the uh, everything in Africa, look at even their economic template. They've got the resources, they've got everything, but at the end of the day, even the manufacturing is done in Europe, not in Africa. And then you look at the situation like even the hospitals, when they want to go for medication, they go to Europe, not in Africa. In education as well, they send their kids to Europe, not in Africa. So the thinking is, They've got this colonial mentality hangover that they had even after independence, that everything from Europe is better than African. So in the end, they just look for the European coaches and not having the African coaches. So that's the same thing. Nothing is going to change as long as Africans continue to have that mentality. And another factor that you have to put in, you know when these European coaches are coming to Africa, they are just coming for money. Remember at one time even George Weah said that in 1999 that when they are coming to Africa, these European coaches, they are after money, they'll be on vacation and then they go back. So this thing is not going to change in Africa. So a lot of issues there. So you say it's the wrong mentality, it's time to change the mindset. Yes, indeed. It's about changing the mindset, but who is going to change the mindset? We is going to emancipate Africans to change their mindset. And also change must come from CAF itself. In as much as CAF or even the times we hear, we see FIFA bringing in grants to help develop football in Africa. But one thing they are also failing to do is to help develop the coaches. Of course, there is the CAF A license for the coaches, but how many countries are pushing harder to have their coaches being equipped at the same level as the foreign coaches. But not many people are doing that. So the ball should start rolling at CAF and CAF equipping African coaches so that they don't lag behind too much from the European coaches. So greater opportunities are, are needed, says Simba. Let's hear from Senegal coach Aliou Cisse from our archives. This is him speaking on the issue of foreign against local coaches at the 2017 Africa Cup of Nations. It's the federations who decide, who make the choices. On the African continent, I think there are some great coaches, that is certain. But I'm not here to defend local expertise or expats. I'm just a football coach. What I would say is that football is universal. In football, there is no color, no race, no ethnicity. Of course, there are people who like polemic or to debate these things. For me, it is obvious It's about expertise, not color. Football is a discipline where you find different people, different colors, different ethnic backgrounds and religions, and that makes football what it is. The rest does not interest me. So that's Senegal coach Aliou Cisse saying it's not about race or colour, it's on merit. Let's look at that issue because Peter Butler has just been appointed coach of the Liberia national team. He's from England and has coached the Botswana national team plus clubs in Australia, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Myanmar, Thailand and South Africa. He says he wants to contribute to the development of football in Liberia. He's been tasked with qualifying the lone star to the 2021 Africa 
Cup of Nations and the 2022 World Cup. Um, not intending to sound personal at all, but uh, Butler's CV shows that he's certainly not in the top tier of coaches and many of the foreign coaches in Africa have a similar credentials. A European nation, certainly Simba, wouldn't put him in charge of their national team. So will a country go far with a foreign coach like this? Not at all. You look at uh, most of these coaches, uh, even if they are going to coach uh, even, uh, you know, the so-called smallest teams in the premiership in Europe, they would not even fit there. And, uh, you know, what they just look at is that, uh, you know, I just have to go to Africa. When I just go there with my CV that I played for so-and-so team, then they would just take me. So the problem is with the federations here in Africa, they just take anything that is foreign. So in terms of developing these foreign coaches are not bringing in anything in terms of development. What they're just bringing in is, uh, you know, the fact that they're coming from Europe. And then when you have that, you know, at times the players kind of give them a better kind of respect than the local coaches. But then it will be more from the uh, assistant coaches that will be local coaches and also the players that will be pushing harder, not what they have brought in here. Of course, there are some who have done well when coming from Europe, like uh, Avrenad winning with Zambia. And uh, with Cote d'Ivoire, there was no way he was going to go wrong with such a team with the players at their peak and that was the best generation of the Cote d'Ivoire players and he was given Morocco of course he went with them to the World Cup but uh, you saw it even at the Africa Cup of Nations that he was given a lot of money a lot was invested in the players but he failed to do it uh, so it brings to back to the fore that uh, you know you need to give continuity to the local coaches you need to give them money the same way that the European coaches are given money but in terms of developing football there isn't much that they are doing because in terms of development, you should start at grassroots. We once had uh, Claude Dieter-Pajos uh, from Germany as the national uh, team coach for Zimbabwe, the Warriors. And uh, what I wanted for him is to be the grassroots coach, not to be the national team coach because what he, what he was here for was uh, for the development and you should be doing the grassroots. And say after 10, 5 years, we should have uh, some graduates from that uh, you know, coaching course that you would have been uh, doing in Zimbabwe or the grassroots coaching uh, and not to have him at the national team. After a few months, he was fired. So we didn't benefit much from him. So I think that if coaches are going to come, like what they do in France, where they have uh, the their academy having the, the best qualified coaches, that's the same thing that if we are to have foreign coaches, they should start at grassroots level. Okay, let's pick up on a point that you just made there, Simba, is about respect uh, for the coach. This is a big issue. Some countries say if we've got all of these stars playing in the top leagues of Europe, if we have a local coach, they won't respect him because these players are earning more money by far. So they need to bring in a European coach because then he'll be able to get the respect of the players and to hold the team together. It's all about poor mentality of uh, the African players. If you are to ask Cristiano Ronaldo who his best coach is, he will tell you that the coach that coached him at grassroots is the one who impacted him with the knowledge of uh, the game. So we have our players, when they go to Europe, they think that they are more of uh, like first-class citizens more than the coaches that coach them at grassroots level because they didn't just wake up in Europe but then they started at some level here and uh, I would take uh, an example of uh, uh, Clemens Westerhoff uh, when he coached in Nigeria at 1994 uh, World Cup in the USA they had a chance 
to go far in that tournament. But he said that there's a problem when you've got players running like millions, millionaires, because they didn't want to listen to anyone. The problem of egos, I think, it doesn't need. It's it's not about who is coaching them. Of course, yes, they might uh, want to respect a foreign coach or European coach more, but uh, even when you're at home, you cannot stop respecting your father just because you earn more money. That's the same thing with these coaches. These are the coaches that started coaching them at a tender age, but now just because they went to Europe, they think these coaches doesn't deserve respect. Okay, well, uh, it's a huge topic, this one. You've clearly got very strong views on this, uh, Simba. Just to wrap up here, you think African coaches can do as well as European coaches if they got the same level of exposure and training? I'll give you an example of the players. You look at uh, Zinedine Zidane, his origin as uh, Algeria, and uh, I think it's because of the exposure that he got that he managed to achieve that. Uh, of course, he may not have achieved that uh, with Algeria, but it shows you that if a player is given so much exposure you can do well look at patrick vieira what he achieved with senegal so if these coaches are given the same platform the same support that they are given that are given to the european coaches i think they can do the same thing look didier droba played alongside uh, frank lampard at chelsea and now frank lampard is a coach and these are the same things that the African footballers should also do. I respect uh, Alu Sisse for venturing into coaching. And uh, it's a pity that, uh, you know, you have also the his teammates, former teammates, uh, being the ones who are quick to criticize him. But look at Germany. But look at the turnover rate in Africa. How many coaches have been changed by a single country in a period of 10 years? So the problem is if we are not going to give our coaches enough resources a chance to do well. There is no way that they are going to be at the same level with the best coaches from Europe because these coaches in Europe are given more time. Joachim Law, when did he take charge of uh, the German national team and is still there? There were some uh, heartbreaks, but they didn't uh, fire him. So you need a coach to have continuity. There is no way that you can learn to swim without getting into water. You need to get into the water and you know you need to get to the deep end so that uh, you are able to swim. So the same thing should happen to African coaches. African coaches should be given exposure, should be given training. Look at the newly appointed uh, Warriors coach here in Zimbabwe, Joy Antipas. There are times that he uses own money to go for attachments with a top clubs in Europe. At one time we went to Borussia Dortmund. This is what is needed because you see the African coaches are appointed but they are not given that exposure to go and even watch the players in action in Europe. They are not given the exposure to go for some of the best refresher courses uh, that are happening across the world and one other issue, the issue of money. We spoke about the issue of respect but then when you are not giving the coach the same money that is given to an expatriate coach then how are the players supposed to respect him? So what is also needed is to give the confidence that he is given the same amount of money like what the foreign coaches are given. Well, big issues and a big questions. Uh, many thanks to Simba Chiminya, our guest analyst this week. Simba's my colleague here in Zimbabwe at Star FM Radio. So asking for your thoughts on this on social media this week, is it time to give local coaches more of a chance? Uh, we have a looked at this debate between foreign versus local coaches. Egypt and Kenya both say they want to go in the direction of local coaches. Liberia, though, have appointed an English coach. Simba says that uh, it is an issue of mentality. 
that uh, people can tend to think that foreign is better. So give us your thoughts on this on Facebook. Our page is Planet Sport Football Africa or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Is it time to give local coaches more of a chance and can they take Africa to the highest level? This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs too in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can listen to on our new look website, planetsport.tv. Our other shows are there. That's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast, plus interviews with various sports stars that you can read, including Ghana's Christian Achu and Cameroon's Collins Fai. That's on our new look website, planetsport.tv. Well, now we turn to social media and the video assistant referee has been a huge talking point in the opening weeks of the English Premier League. There's no doubt that the VAR is getting it right, but in last week's show we asked if there are too many stoppages, is it affecting the flow of the game too much, and will fans end up having to delay their celebrations and wait for the VAR to have its say? Or is it all worth it if we are getting the correct decisions? Here's Adrian Barnard with your comments. Yes, thanks, Steve. And we turn to WhatsApp. And uh, Alessana Drame in The Gambia says, VAR got the decisions all right, but looking ahead, the usual celebration of the fans will come to an end, since most goals won't be celebrated with immediate effect. And that will have a great impact on the atmosphere. But uh, Ricky Ngalube in Zambia isn't particularly bothered by the delay while the decisions are being reviewed. Everything that goes with the VAR is worth it, says Ricky. As long as games are won genuinely and decisions are made correctly, then the wait is fine. Daniel in Ghana got in touch. Well, as much as the game keeps getting better, there are still lots of errors which are gradually being dealt with, says Daniel. VAR brings some intensity into the game, especially if it's a goal situation. Both players and fans have to wait for a matter of seconds, and then we get to know the final verdict. But I believe it's here for good, despite the stoppages. But Ishmael Saidu Kanu in Sierra Leone disagrees. The VAR for me is killing the tempo of the EPL, says Ishmael. Leaving players, coaches and fans in suspense during VAR checks is bad for the game. This VAR stuff is boring and lacks a consistency it's supposed to have. And Ebrima in the Gambia agrees. In my opinion, football is played by human beings, not robots, says Ebrima. Errors are made by both players and referees. That makes it exciting, but with the introduction of the VAR, it's making football so boring. To Ghana now, and Dela Akafia says, It all depends on the video assistant referees watching on the screens, because they have the final say. That's their job, and if they get the accurate report, then it could help, says Dela. Lamine Yusufa Kol in the Gambia reminds us why VAR was introduced in the first place. Over the years, there have been some high-profile matches around the world, where, through no fault of their own, match officials make mistakes, says Lamine. Those mistakes have an impact on the outcome. 
immediately people can see things on TV and on their phones, and no mistakes have been made. So if you have that power of technology, why not harness it to help what's happening on the pitch? While VAR will not capture everything, it will help us to make more and better decisions, says Lamine. Across to Ghana again now, and Stanley says... The VAR is the best system to be used in the EPL to help certain decisions the referees have no option to. At the moment, there are some challenges the refs are facing, but with time they will get used to it, and things will be good for football as a whole, says Stanley. And we always welcome your voice notes here on Planet Sport Football Africa, and here's Modu and G in the Gambia. Video is helping the referees like they criticize uh, from the fans and the footballers because every end of the game they criticize but if you see the VAR I think the VAR can show you very good details or anything that you want to see there I think the VAR always shut up some of people's bad mouths my point of view VAR it should be done for everywhere so Modu there saying that VAR can help stop the criticism of referees from fans and players and that he'd like to see it introduced everywhere. Dan Ogega in Kenya says, I feel as long as a decision is right, the celebrations can wait. It may take time to bed in, but the most important aspect of it is that teams will learn to win honestly. And Emmanuel E. Shamaki in Nigeria goes even further. For me, VAR is one of the best technology things that has ever happened in the history of football, says Emmanuel. All that matters to me is getting it right. The stoppage doesn't affect the game, but getting the decision wrong does affect the game. And finally, Hassan Hadara in The Gambia says, I think that despite the delays and mixed feelings of the fans, it is still the right thing to have VAR. Football carries so many emotions for fans, and also several industries depend on it for the revenue, and therefore it should be protected and improved to the best possible standard, says Hassan. So uh, the majority of people there, Steve, saying that the delays taken by VAR to check the decisions are worth it. But it's also fair to say that not everyone's convinced. But still, early days yet. Well, I'll say it again that I'm enjoying watching my Zimbabwe Premier League matches at the stadium without the video assistant referee with the game flowing. Uh, But I'm watching as a neutral, so those points about how important it is to get it right are totally valid too. Thanks there, Adrian. And now to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, also in the UK. Uh, First, Stuart, uh, earlier in the show, we were talking about the issue of foreign coaches against local coaches in African football. There is an unusually high number of British managers in the English Premier League right now, Stuart. Well, yes, Steve. This time last year, there were four English managers in the Premier League, and now there are eight. That's Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, Sean Dyche at Burnley, Roy Hodgson, Crystal Palace, Dean Smith, Aston Villa, Chris Wilder, Sheffield United, Graham Potter, Brighton, Steve Bruce, Newcastle, and at Chelsea, Frank Lampard. And Lampard is without question the most interesting appointment because that's the only one of the top six clubs from last season who have an English manager. Manchester City manager is Spanish, Liverpool's is German, Tottenham's Argentinian, Manchester United's Norwegian, and Arsenal's Spanish. 
And interestingly, Chelsea, after a run of overseas managers, have gone for Frank Lampard, partly, of course, because he's a former star player with the club. I have said that I think it's strange the way clubs bring in overseas managers who have no knowledge, whatever, of English football and may not even speak English well. Of course, the cynic would say that doesn't actually matter since most of the players are foreign. And for Nuno at Wolves, it's probably more important that he speaks Portuguese than English. And the same was said about Arsene Wenger and his French squad at Arsenal. You know, Jesus once said that a prophet is honoured everywhere except in his hometown. And I sometimes think that Premier League clubs seem to think that way, that if you've got two equal applicants, one English and one Italian or Spanish, you somehow go for the Italian or Spanish manager, assuming that they must be better. Time will tell whether the eight managers that we've got in the Premier League from England succeed or not. We'll have to just watch it as it goes through the season, Steve. Interesting. So, Stuart, agreeing with Simba Chiminya, our guest analyst, who we heard from earlier, that there is this mentality that foreign is better. So then, this weekend, it's the North London derby with Arsenal playing Tottenham, uh, both coming into the game, Stuart, on the back of defeats. Well, yes, I said a couple of weeks ago, isn't it strange the way the fixtures computer has thrown up so many top-of-the-table clashes and we're not even at the end of August yet? I suspect, frankly, that both Arsenal and Tottenham feel that this fixture has come a bit too early. I think both of them, quite frankly, would like a run of games against teams in the bottom half of the table. Arsenal were beaten 3-1 at Liverpool. In a sense, no shame in that. But they were 3-0 down in an hour. And watching the game on television, I heard one of the commentators say, Arsenal won't want anything with the current defence. And I thought that was a fair comment. Arsenal have great strikers, but they've got to stop conceding goals or they won't go far. You know, we're in this strange position at the moment where the Premier League transfer window is closed, but the European one is still open, meaning that Premier League clubs cannot sign players, but they can still lose them. And at the weekend, Tottenham had Christian Eriksen, arguably their most creative player, and Jan Vertonghen, perhaps their best defender, on the bench, apparently because of rumours that they both want to leave the club. Pochettino said after the game where they lost at home to Newcastle that his players lacked desire. I think that's fair. But at the same time, I would feel that three games into the season, the manager needs to know whether two of his most influential players are leaving the club or staying. Why wasn't that settled earlier? The end result is that in the first game of the season, Tottenham created 30 chances against Aston Villa, 30 chances on goal. But in the two subsequent games, they've had three attempts on goal. So what has gone wrong? Are the players not trying or has the manager somehow lost control? Yes, a tricky one with these transfer windows not being aligned now as the English Premier League closed theirs at the start of the season. And uh, Stuart, one cause for concern in this new season is racist abuse being directed at black players on social media. This is going to be very hard to deal with, I guess. This is a very disturbing development. You know, we've always had supporters abusing opposition players. Not acceptable, but understandable. But in the last week, we've had two examples of Manchester United supporters abusing their own players. In the second game, Paul Pogba hit a weak penalty, which was saved, and he was racially abused on social media. And then at the weekend, Marcus Rashford 
hit the post of the penalty for United against Crystal Palace, and he received the same reaction from people apparently supporters of Manchester United. Now, Phil Neville, the former United player and now the England women's manager, called for everyone in football to boycott social media as a protest that the owners of social media platforms allow racial abuse and don't seem to do anything about it. A brave suggestion, but I don't think it's terribly realistic in terms of being able to persuade everyone to follow it. Pogba, incidentally, responded to the racial abuse by posting a picture on social media of himself and his young son in front of a photograph of his father and a photograph of Martin Luther King with the words, my ancestors and my parents suffered for my generation to be able to be free to work, to take the bus and to play football. I thought that was a brilliant reaction from Pogba. Yes, sure. And what else have you got for us, Stuart? Well, Steve, we were talking a moment ago about the increase in English managers. Well, quite remarkably, the Manchester United starting 11 last weekend had nine players who were born in England. And English players have scored four successive Premier League goals for Chelsea, Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham. And that hasn't happened for eight years previously. You know, Steve, we talked a bit about Brighton's good start to the season. Well, at the weekend, Florin Androni received a red card in the 38th minute. He was the fifth Brighton player to get a red card in the last year. And funnily enough, all of them occurred between the 34th and the 38th minute. Now, you'd think that the club statistician or the manager would have worked this out and simply tell the players to be careful in those minutes in the middle of the first half and then they could do what they like the rest of the time. Steve, I thought we'd better mention this given that our boss has an interest in Crystal Palace. But isn't it interesting that Crystal Palace are the last team to win league games away to Liverpool, Manchester City, Arsenal and Manchester United? And isn't it strange they can beat all the top teams, but not the lesser ones? <laughs> well, yeah, quite a record that Crystal Palace have. A stunning Man United last weekend. Well, that's it for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers, and our guest analyst, Simba Chiminya, here in Harare, and from Stuart Weir and Adrian Barnard in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.